from the bright minds and marketing mavericks at SMPS New York, this is the Marketing Department. We're a team of marketing and business development professionals bringing you everyday conversations from a unique industry. Architecture, Engineering, and Construction, or AEC for short. The Marketing Department is produced through collaboration with SMPS New York, which offers members professional development, leadership opportunities, and marketing resources to enhance their careers. Hello, my name is Sharon Yoriel, Managing Partner at Next Phase Collaborative. Um, I've been working in the AEC industry doing marketing and business development for more than 20 years. And we are here today to discuss what we've learned over our experience through the pandemic and now moving forward. We're, we're calling that be a familiar face. I'm joined today with two uh, very experienced colleagues, leaders in the industry, Jeffrey Taub, who's a VP of Corporate Marketing at AKRF, where he helps build the brand, cultivate the client relationships, and infuse corporate initiatives with strategy and creativity. He is also the son, grandson, and son-in-law of engineers, each of whom failed to pass on their math and physics skills. My next partner here is Chris Pedersen, partner at DNB Building Solutions. DNB Building Solutions is a technology provider and service provider in HVAC and the power generation space. Chris is not only one of the three managing partners running the day-to-day -day business, he is also active in the sales and business development of the firm. So what are the tools of the trade that someone needs to be a good business developer, Chris? Well, I think, I think uh, one of the biggest and most important would be networking. And I think that has been one of the biggest challenges of the last year is because so much of networking takes place in person um, that, that having, having to be an effective business developer without the same amount of networking resources for the last year and a half has been a very large challenge. And I think getting back to that, trying to help um, sort of bring the culture back, get people comfortable to, you know, safely get into in-person interaction so we can start to net rehash those networks, right? We've stayed in touch with folks remotely, but now to, <clears throat> re-strengthen those, um, the bonds that we already had pre-pandemic pre and also being able to start forging new relationships through that networking process again. Building that bridge. Jeff, we've talked before about the human connection. Um, share, if you will, just some of your thoughts. Well, the human connection is the exchange of energy between two people paying attention to one another. And we know in the professional world, much like the personal one, people work with those they like, trust, and respect. And I agree with everything Chris shared about networking and a critical component of being a good networker and building those relationships is forging that human connection and ensuring that you're bringing authenticity to the dialogue and the interactions to forge that trust, to make sure that 
people can rely on your word and rely that you'll get the job done for them. Absolutely. And the other issue I think is um, I'd like to take a look at is taking the pandemic and what we've done with business development through the pandemic. And now let's move, kick it forward as people are starting to sit down in person, whether it's in the park or in someone's office. Um, Chris, what, what thoughts do you have? How, how can we take, or how have you taken um, your business development effort during the pandemic and now we're moving it forward? Well, I, I, you know, um, it's, it's finding out which clients are comfortable um, being face-to-face, -face, respecting that everyone has different views on, on how things have been handled. And so delicately saying, are you, um, you know, are you up for an in-person meeting? Would you prefer to meet by Zoom? But driving that, hey, we need to get together one way or another. We need to have face-to-face -face interaction one way or another. But slowly trying to transition back to quote unquote normalcy uh, from pre-pandemic. And so being careful, right? Some clients um, that I deal with have have been back sort of in the field in person since last April. And and it did not slow them down much. Some of my clients are still remote to this day and are, you know, so I'm reaching out to them in the last week or two, or I'm saying to them, hey, what is your what is your plan for your office reopening? When are you going to be present? When would you be up for visits um, as, uh, you know, as safely as possible? When would you be willing to have a visitor? And so I'm starting to get some of that feedback from some of my clients saying, oh, well, we've got a reopening plan for June 14th. We'd welcome you to come by once we hit that threshold. Um, so it's, it's really sort of taking the time to reach out, understand how each client is handling the transition back, and respectfully asking to be part of it. And when, how, how soon can I get together with you? Yeah, there's a sen sensitivity element there, I think, um, to clients. Jeff, um, have you started, has your firm started in-person meetings? Well, we're really seeing the same thing that Chris is seeing. It's a delicate balance between those who may have always felt comfortable being in an office environment those who want to start being more comfortable now and those for whom that comfort may not come for another few months or toward the end of the year. At AKRF, our acoustics practice recently opened a new sound simulation room. And while we've had sub clients up there, even during the pandemic with social distancing protocols in place, we have others who have wanted to wait. And we're going through that process now of speaking with clients again and finding out, are they ready to come in now? Do they want to wait maybe to, toward the fall when there are higher vaccination rates and really making sure that they're as comfortable as possible in our space? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really important. I know I have I have clients in Chicago that I've said I'm going to be in Chicago. Um, are you more comfortable if I come to the office or shall we meet, you know, at a coffee shop or a park? And they're they're almost starry-eyed they don't know what to do so i think a lot of a lot of the clients are trying to figure it out and if we can help them that's a you know that's a big thing but it's you know it's not our our clients as well as 
the people with whom we work. And I know, Chris, you've had um, a method, shall we say, of keeping your staff or involved and keeping that business development environment. Can you share that? Sure. So we, we, we do our, um, our weekly sales meetings and we've done it by Zoom. And it's taken a little extra effort from the partnership, um, you know, the managing partners to stay in touch with those salespeople. Something we've really lost in the last year was being able to walk down that hall and check in with our, our sales folks, our business developers um, on a regular basis and sort of just quick touch moments, but we lose that. And so in the early stages, it was very easy for everyone to retreat to their home office, keep their head down, do their work, but they weren't having that personal interaction. There wasn't that knowledge sharing going on. Uh, and so it's been a challenge to us to try to keep people together. You know, we've been trying to come up with sort of outdoor gatherings that are safe so that we can start to bring our sales team back together in person. Uh, it was kind of some of the magic of our organization was that personal touch. And a lot of that got put by the wayside and while we were all in sort of survival mode. Um, and so we need to now sort of break the virtual habits of business development and get, get folks back together, um, you know, safely. So that's some of the things we're planning, right? When we, uh, a year ago, we merged our business with another one and uh, it was about six weeks before the pandemic. And so we had all these plans of how to bring together the, the various teams. We actually had not only two operations teams, but two business development teams. And we had a whole plan for last summer to do a big barbecue, help the organization feel like a family, let people do knowledge sharing, and then get out there as one unified company uh, into the market. And all of that got scattered. So the businesses ended up feeling siloed initially because we couldn't bring everyone together personally. Uh, it make those, those real introductions where people feel comfortable working with one another. And so we had to try to establish that virtually. We recognized it. We acknowledged it. We said, folks, we're, we're so sorry we can't get together. We, we have a family environment internally, and we're, it's going to take a little while before we can do that in person, but we'll, we'll at least try to do it. We want to welcome the new teams and all that. And so we had to, we had to approach it a little differently, knowing it would be at least a year before we could really do it uh, safely. And, and now, here in 2021, we're starting to make those plans and talk about late summer now that a good portion of folks are vaccinated, Guidances have changed for outdoor gatherings, all that sort of stuff. Um, we're hoping to do what we wanted to do last year when our organization merged, uh, do that this year. And then that'll only help strengthen our two business development teams and get the collaboration more, even more so than, than what we sort of drove and pushed last year. So, so very important. Jeff, you and I've talked a little bit about people hiding behind email and how we have to, I hate to say break that habit, but break that habit because, you know, you, you need a person, that personal touch. Uh, what are you doing in your organization to try to get everyone to get out from behind their email? 
We encourage people not to hide behind their email, as you and I have spoken about, but emails also serve a really useful purpose. They can help us organize our thoughts. They can help us communicate strategy, and they help us set a tone. And I'm speaking specifically in terms of client and business development. So emails serve a purpose, but we don't want to be over-reliant on them. We certainly don't want any follow-up to be by email, at least not until the relationship has been long established. So we're encouraging people within their comfort zones now during the pandemic to start taking advantage of the fact that industry organizations and professional associations are starting to have more in-person events, that clients seem more willing to have walk and talk meetings, meet in parks and playgrounds, meet in outdoor cafes and have those conversations. And I'm encouraged by a lot of the thoughtfulness that Chris shared in terms of the way his company has approached business development as indicative of what is going on in the larger industry, where we're moving beyond the old fashioned business development environments and learning from what we were able to accomplish during the pandemic and certainly now as it tails off and apply that going forward to have more creative and clever ways to meet with our clients and effectuate you know, positive business development outcomes. I think that if we can take anything moving forward that's really it, is the old ways don't really apply. And I think it's important that people understand there are alternatives to developing those relationships and they're good alternatives. Chris? Yeah, just to build on what Jeff is saying, I think um, one of the biggest things that has struck me is that we had to make a lot of, we had to adapt. To, to last year in order to keep the business going. And so while we picked up a lot of new techniques for business development and staying in touch with clients, um, one of the things that is important is to keep the good pieces. If we fall back 100% to our methods pre-pandemic, we will have lost some of the tools that we gained because we were forced to adapt. Um, and at the same time, I don't want us to get stuck in last year's adaptive mode because it was less personal. So I would love to see coming out of this that we now have two ways of, of connecting with clients, not we ever have to pick the 2019 version or the 2020 version. I would like to see 2021 be the best of both, which allows us to increase interactions with clients. One of the biggest things we, one of the things, ways that we interact with our clients um, or had very much frequently uh, pre-pandemic was continuing education uh, presentations. And those were in-person presentations generally. They allowed for networking opportunities at the end of those presentations. Um, you know, that, that became virtual last year. <clears throat> so while I don't want us to stay virtual, now that we figured out how to do virtual presentations and lunch and learns and things of that nature, I want my business development team to start, you know, find the clients that are, are comfortable having in-person presentations and get back to that because there's value in being there and being present. And at the same time, in the past, if a customer said, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't accommodate an in-person presentation for, we're, we're booked up uh, for, for several weeks or months, we can't have somebody come in. Now we have the tool to say, well, I appreciate that you can't have me in person, but could we go ahead and schedule it virtually? And so 
we can turn so, something that maybe we were being pushed off um, for an in-person presentation because it was too time consuming or cumbersome or what have you, because people couldn't all be in the office for that in-person meeting. And now we can offer an alternative from 2020, which is, I understand your it's hard to get your team in the office for, for a presentation, but what if we send out a link? Now we can have your team dial into it on a day that's convenient. And so we can turn a potential no uh, to a presentation into a yes. So I'd like us to sort of carry forward those um, those the things we learned from 2020, use them when appropriate, but also bring back the good stuff from pre-pandemic and, and use them both when appropriate. So now we have more arrows in our quiver as opposed to just reverting or getting stuck. That's terrific. I agree totally. Jeff? Like Chris's firm, we are also a provider of accredited AIA courses. And it's been easy on the firm to do it during the pandemic. We're saving hundreds of dollars in lunch costs. We can present from our homes in Brooklyn or central New Jersey to Philadelphia and Baltimore and Washington, DC without any travel time or costs. But we have to move past that. We have to go back to the reason why we started doing this in the first place, which is to help architects get credits and do more informed work on their projects and to help build meaningful relationships between our colleagues. So the easy way out is to continue doing what we're doing. And it's been incredibly beneficial to architects to get these credits during the pandemic when they can't easily go to conferences and industry events like Procrastinators Day at the Center for Architecture at the end of the year. But on the other hand, it, does, it doesn't do any good for the relationship and it doesn't really do any good for building trust between our professionals and those at the architectural firms. Yes, I, th I think that when you're, when you're talking to someone in person, especially in an AIA presentation, it's so much easier to read, do you have their attention? Or have, you know, they started thinking about five things they have on their desk. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what what do we see going forward? If we had to say to a new business developer, what can you use from before, from the pandemic and going forward? What can you take with you to make your, yourself successful, obviously, but make your firm successful? Jeff, I know you're a very thoughtful person when approaching these things. Can you share a mini guidance for that new BD person or that technical person that has been told they now do BD? I'm one of two people who do BD 101 training within the firm. And the first thing we tell people is that we understand that like us, our engineers, our scientists, our planners did not go to school for business development. They probably didn't take any courses on business development or relationship building, and neither did we in marketing. So we're all on the same footing. For, for emerging professionals, emerges, emerging leaders in our firm or in the industry who are being asked to start take on, take on more client development and maintenance responsibilities, it's really important that they get past the fear factor and past the intimidation of having to develop those relationships and convert relationships they may have on a project or in other forums 
to a new contract and a new assignment or a new task order. We help them get over that fear first, and then we give them the tools to succeed after that. Because when they have that comfort zone, when they can kind of feel that they're in the flow of developing those relationships with clients to the point where it's not transactional, but they really are getting mutual benefit from each other, we know that it'll be that much easier to have a natural conversation with clients about what else they have in their pipeline and what we can expect going forward. Chris, have you, do you have a training program within your firm? Well, I was gonna say that um, we don't have a formal training program, but we tend to uh, have more organic mentorship. And so one of the challenges has been that being separated, you can't have a young sales or BD person tagging along as easily with a senior person. We can certainly invite them to the Zoom call uh, for that meeting or presentation, and they can kind of sit there. But it's definitely different from being in an in-person meeting where you have to walk in, shake hands, make small talk. Um, and at the end of the meeting, when meetings let out, sometimes those side conversations can be more, uh, with one or two of the participants, can be more productive than the, than the general meeting that you were there for. Those side conversations don't happen at the end of a Zoom call. Everyone hits leave. So um, we have been trying, especially since we've, we've been trying to grow our business recently and bring on some new hires. Some of them are seasoned and some of them are younger. Um, and yet they both need a little bit of mentorship as far as joining our company, our business and how we do things. And so we have been trying to make efforts um, now that things are safer to start getting together with those folks. So last night we took a few of the, the newer BD folks just, just out for a, a cocktail at four o'clock with a couple clients just to have some face-to-face -face interaction um, that's been lacking for the last year and a half. So they could get that feel, feel like they're part of our organization. So they felt special being there with us but they also got to see how we were interacting with the clients. Um, and it, I could see that spark in the younger business development guy's eyes being part of this. There was a different energy to, to being with clients for a networking hour um, in person, outdoors, safely. But being in that, I could see how much more excited that young BD guy was at the end of that than he was for the last three weeks where he was happy to be with us and he was excited to be you know, doing pursuits but he got to have some of that personal networking feel with, with his new management team, with some clients. And I know that he's going to, I know today he has more energy and excitement about the role he's in than he did yesterday morning. And so that's exciting to me as well. That's terrific. Jeff at AKRF, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, have you sort of gotten feedback from, your younger professionals that you've been mentoring or giving your 101 course to? We've had really positive feedback from professionals who are getting into business development for the first time. And I really enjoyed Chris's answer to that question because that's where reality is so much better than virtual reality. We can train people all we want. We can tell them what it's gonna be like, but until they're there at the client lunch or at the conference or event, until they sweat through that experience, they can't really learn from it and they won't feel comfortable going forward. Um, I think a lot about the song, 
the room where it happens from Hamilton, there's a room, uh, there's a point of sales with the clients and I do everything in my power to help people prepare to get into the room and to follow up successfully coming out of it. But I'm not in that room and I don't think I've been in that room too often. So at the end of the day, our seller doers really need to mentor the younger emerging staff in how to do that and how to be there uh, and how to be present in those situations. I can help them strategize. I can help them with messaging, with delivery, with getting into the right forums and coming out of it successfully. But ultimately when it comes to mentoring and actually putting people in the seat to do it, we rely a lot on our seller doers to do that themselves. Oh, that's interesting. That's it. Um, an interesting process. Um, I'm working presently with uh, a group of young technical people, relatively new hires, but they do have business development responsibilities. And I, like you, am giving that one-on-one -on -one course of while you're on your call on your project, how do you integrate? Um, hey, what else are you looking at? kind of response and they are I give them stars I'm like you're the star of the day because I think that feedback that they're really doing it correctly and there's a success there is very important um do you does your firm Chris celebrate um I don't know those successes from the junior people no matter how big or small they are? Sure, we, we, um, we it, you know, on our weekly sales meeting, if there are large pursuits that have been um, locked up, we, we definitely acknowledge them. We want, you know, we acknowledge anyone who is successful in, in sealing a contract. Um, but we, it also becomes sort of the, the office banter of, hey, the new guy's doing great. This is awesome. He, you know, we love his personality. He fits our culture well. And he's, he's getting, getting some nice successes out of the gates. So we really have that um, because we're such a sales-focused organization, because we have a team of 18 business developers, salespeople, um, we do have that culture of, of um how is it recognizing people's accomplishments? Uh, it, it you know, and it goes a long way to help them feel like they're being successful. They're part of the team. They're building up, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of help coming from some of the senior guys. We we're not siloed. The young guys and I, even the seasoned guys who are new are calling me on a daily basis, looking for advice uh, based on our products and services that we offer. You know, what's the best avenue to approach something uh, so that they put their best foot forward with this new organization they've joined and then also calling me to say hey it worked you know and and having one-on-one -on -one celebration of thank you so much for that advice you know that deal is going to go forward um, you know and I have xyz steps to take next so we definitely celebrate the the young and the seasoned we we celebrate them all um, but we definitely want the folks, the younger folks to feel part of things. We want to mentor them up so they, so they catch up and they, and they catch their stride. That's terrific. I, I think that's so important. Jeff, do you, I know that uh, your firm celebrates um, wins and things like that, but are you celebrating in some way 
the successes that these young technical folks are are getting. We are. We're celebrating their achievements. We're doing everything we can to help instill the confidence they need to be successful. Because I have the dual responsibility at AKRF of business development support and communications and visibility, I'm kind of in a unique position to help celebrate their achievements in a bigger way. It's not just a pat on the back from a boss or from our CEO or senior leader. I can share that achievement uh, by email. I can share that achievement in our monthly newsletter, AKRF Today, that talks about everything from project milestones to professional achievements to new wins. So kind of that the complementary aspects of being involved in both visibility and publicity and business development support mean that I'm often one of the first people to know about an achievement and probably in the best position to broadcast it widely, both internally and outside the company. That's terrific. I mean, I think that that's an, a model for many companies to be able to do that. Um, they have an internal, uh, an intranet that they can post things like that. Jeff? I'm a big advocate for this hybrid role that was created for me or I helped create it with AKRF. And I talk about it often with regard to career pathing because we do think in terms of silos very often in this industry and in this profession where I'm a marketing assistant. So now I'm gonna be a marketing coordinator and a marketing manager and a marketing director and so on. But we can start to break down those walls and look for professionals who have interest and knowledge and passion and experience in multi, many different aspects of the marketing profession, particularly those who have worked for these sorts of design planning and construction firms and to bring them together in better ways so that we have more multi-dimensional marketers uh, within the walls of our company. And I think it's important to highlight some of the differences that both Chris and I bring to the conversation. You know, Chris himself is a talented business developer. I'm not a business developer. I'm a business development coordinator, uh, perhaps on steroids. And what I'm really trying to do is arm people with the information that they need to be competitive with the many firms in our industry who do very similar things. So I don't try to pass myself off as a business developer, uh, both internally and externally. People know that they can come to me for strategy and guidance, but ultimately they also have to be given the freedom and independence to find their own way in the industry. That is, if, if I could figure a way to sum this up and, and put it in a package, that's really it. It really, I could not agree more. Um, if we have, we still have a few minutes. Um, if Chris, if you want to sort of wrap things up, and I do want to say that um, if you have questions, you're listening to this podcast, and you'd like to reach out to one of us, um, all of our contact information will be there at the bottom for you. So, Chris. So, <clears throat> I guess to me the 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 theme of, of getting back to normal, but actually creating that new normal where we can blend the, the best of both worlds, the old and the new and all the, and, and all that we learned last year um, without being stuck in only the, the pre pandemic uh, version of ourselves and, or only stuck in the pandemic version of ourselves. Um, besides just our business development methods, I think 
Um, some of our business strategy had to shift last year as well. And I, and so I think along with that whole theme of, of keep the good from last year and bring back the good from pre pandemic and, and make a better you know future with it. Um, my, you know, my, our business as an example had to, had to adjust when there was a, a downturn in the construction, the standard construction cycle. And we had to take some, a business, a portion of our business that was, I don't want to call it secondary, but it wasn't where we led in, in the indoor air quality arena. And we made that our forefront as opposed to our traditional construction uh, model that we followed. And we were very successful, thankfully. And we kept the doors open and we kept our employees, you know, fed and, and safe. Um, but my, the challenge now just like we have to try to merge our, our marketing efforts and our business development efforts pre and post. Um, I also don't want my business developers to, as the, as this traditional construction market comes back, I don't want them to fall back into that, that comfort zone and forget about this other market where we forged ahead uh, for a year, year and a half and really did very well. Because if we can, if we can regain the construction market, but keep our, you know, in this case, our indoor air quality uh, division that we've we've expanded. If we can move forward with both of those, we're going to be a larger, stronger company for the long run. And so, I'm sure that that type of thinking, where folks had to adapt last year and possibly go after other vertical markets, um, if the, if the particular verticals that they focused on had slowed down, to not lose the progress made in the markets or arenas. Um, that helped your your firm get through the last year and a half, while also going and recouping and catching back up to your original business model. So again, being able to um, take take a bet take a positive out of last year and make a make a better future, something better than 2019 and better than 2020, uh, by 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 taking all the best learnings and carrying them forward and leaving behind all the junk. Absolutely. Jeff? Well, I've been thinking about what it means to be a familiar face, the title of this podcast episode. And fam familiar means well-known, but I think in the realm of business development, it also has to be highly regarded. We do need to be familiar. We need our people to get out from behind the telephone and behind the email to be a familiar face to our clients, to their colleagues, to trusted partners and to forge an identity for themselves that's authentic and kind of engenders trust with the people that they're interacting with. And if they do that, if they get the confidence and comfort to be able to do that well, to become a familiar and a liked and a trusted and a friendly face to their clients, I think business development successes will follow pretty easily for them. Thank you, Jeff and Chris, for joining me in what I think has been a very fruitful discussion on what's to come for business development in the AEC industry. I hope that this episode has helped you on your road to business development, if you've been doing it a long time, or maybe just giving you some new tips. If you have any feedback, questions, ideas, a great story, or just want to get involved or be part of an episode, email us at themarketingdepartmentpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to like, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Thanks for listening to the marketing department.